get off your ash. That's right, you heard me. Confronting what happened to us in the past in order to understand who we are in the present so we can be who we want to be in the future. It's time to stop allowing what happened to you yesterday to continue affecting what you do and who you are today. This podcast is going to challenge you and push you outside of your comfort zone. So if you're ready to get off your ash, let's go. Hey, everybody, and thank you so much for joining me once again for another edition of the podcast, Get Off Your Ash. And today I'm going to continue my experiment of not being the only person talking for the whole show. And I've had guests in the past and it's been really cool. And today I'm going to kind of push the experiment a little bit. My guest today, actually, you know, we, we've known each other for a long time, but he hasn't read the book. I haven't even sent it to him just yet, but he agreed to be on the show, which I'm really thankful for. So as I talk to him about, you know, dealing with your past and taking risks and trying new things, I'm eager to kind of find out like how that lines up with my own personal experience and what I wrote about in the book. So it should be, um, it should be, um, I don't know, it should be fun, but it should be interesting at the same time. So without any further ado, let me introduce my guest all the way from Montreal, Quebec. Here he is, Jess Canlon. All right, here he is. I told you we were going to have Jess Canlon on the show and look, that's him. Hey. Here he is. How you doing, bud? <laughs> hey, good. How are you? So glad to be here, man. This is awesome. Yeah. Now you guys are just outside Montreal right now. Yeah, we are just outside Montreal, and uh, you know we we love La Belle Provence. It's uh, yeah. a really special place to be, and it's great for me to uh, you know to have access to an airport and a lot of sure. uh, a lot of great connections out here. So yeah, we're we're here and we're loving it. Okay, man. Well, listen. Before we get too deep into the conversation, I mean, I, I know you, but there may be some people who are listening or watching the podcast today saying. Canlon, I think I know that name, but I don't know if I know Jess. So yeah. tell me a little bit about Jess Canlon. <laughs> right on. Yeah, well, you know, I'm uh, famously known as the uh, son of Jim and Kathy Canlon. Um, right. Son of Jim, son of Homer, son of Howard. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we have a, uh, a few generations of, of pastors. And uh, my dad was, uh, my mom and dad were invited by the Israeli government to, you um, uh, plant a church in Israel in the 80s, and I was there with them. So I had the added bonus of having grown up in Israel and learning the language. And then uh, mm -hmm. I've uh, since you know moved back, had my own little family. Hang on, before yeah, you just skipped over. Yeah, yeah I just jumped really, right really in. Big. I was giving a, like a brief overview. No, man, you you missed something big because your your mom and dad were part of planning a church that has become, I mean, something super not just successful but really powerful and well known around the world. So. A little bit about the church in Jerusalem. Oh, yeah. So, you know, my my parents were bringing young adults over from Canada, from the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada to work on the kibbutzes in Israel, just practically oh, okay. bless Israel. And yeah. uh, the government said, Jim, we love this program, but we want you to live in Israel to do it. And when you come, we want you to start a church. And, uh, and so we that's moved there. That's nuts. The government asked your dad to start yeah, that's a nuts. church. <laughs> well, it talks about Jesus. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's an international congregation, and uh, yeah. you know, tourism is uh, is pretty key for for Israel, and uh, and they like my dad, so it was a, it was a great connection, and mm. we were, you know, it was a season, I guess, of favor, and still is a season of favor, favor of God, and okay. uh, my parents invited Wayne and Ann Hilsen to join them, and. Uh, and after about seven years, uh, you know, my dad uh, decided to pass it on to his uh, his associate who became lead and yeah. uh, he was there for about 25, 30 years. And, uh, and then he passed it on again. So it's, um, 
I had the opportunity to go back there with my family and uh, and minister, and it was uh, quite a thing to do that. I'm just uh, well, and that's where that's where we met. We met in Israel. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, I mean, you know, I said it in the intro that you're an unusual guest in the sense that I think you're the first guy who I haven't had a chance to send the book to yet. So you know the <laughs> premise of the book. You laughed at the title like everybody I love else the title. does. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> but you're even though you haven't read it, you're actually you're like uh, the living embodiment of what the book talks about is that like it's okay to get outside of your comfort zone and try something that you don't really know how it's going to turn out, but you just know that you have to try it. And the the risk is totally worth the reward. Because I mean, you guys went to Israel, there's no guarantee, but you really felt that you were supposed to go, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, we we've we uh we've gone to Israel, so that's to to work in a foreign culture and to uh um you know, even though I was going going back to a place where I grew up, I was never there as an adult, never there caring for uh, a child and uh mm -hmm. being a partner to a wife. Uh, it was a it was a difficult uh, uh and a big deal decision, you know, to do that. Um and it was Imagine. my first time working in a church, uh, really, you know, and it was uh it was a really great chapter. I mean, so I've, we've done that. We've church planted. Uh, we've done a few other things that that have required, you know, uh, sort of big risk. But mm -hmm. um, you know, the one thing that really sort of, if I if I had to say there was one thing, uh, yeah, that's the question. I, What's one thing that well, you that that you have done that is just so out of the box or exciting or risky or rewarding, whatever? Go. What is it, man? Yeah. Okay. Well, the one thing. Because uh, thinking about this uh, is uh, it, it wasn't flashy at all. Um, okay. Really, we, my, my wife and I were walking. Uh, we were ministering in, in the beaches area of Toronto. Uh, I was a little youth pastor uh, down in Toronto. <laughs> and uh, we were taking a walk from, uh, uh, from the lake up towards Queen Street. If you know Toronto at all, it's yep. next to the main street, right close to the beach. And, um, and Erica said, hey, Jess, so what are we going to do with our life? And... Uh, <laughs> I said, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, I think we'll just be available to God. And, uh, All right. and, and, and she, she looked at me and said, okay. She grabbed my hand and we literally walked, stepped off a curb. The riskiest thing I've ever done was stepping off a curb. And, mm. uh, and, and there, we didn't know. I mean, we just sort of fell into it foolishly. But it was as if we cut a covenant with the Lord and he took it yeah. very seriously. And mm. ever since then, uh, he said, very well, we made this arrangement, Jess. You said, you and Erica agreed right. you be available to me. And uh, therefore, uh, I'm going to move you to Israel. I'm going to move you to, mm. uh, to the Anglican Church. I'm going to move you to uh, Toronto, back to Toronto. I'm going to move you to Quebec. I'm going to move you to church plant. And, you know, every Ooh. season is required risk. Every day require, requires risk, but um, but that was the moment. That was the moment okay. of greatest risk was stepping off a curb. Now, it doesn't seem like a scary thing, but it was, uh, uh, I think had we known, uh, we may not have stepped off that curb. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're only allowed to see in part sometimes, because if we could see the whole thing, we'd be too scared to ever try or do anything, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. See, we, we had different experiences, but the outcome was kind of the same because, you know, I was on staff at a big church, you know, I was at Huntley Street hosting that and everything, you know, I had, I had everything that I, that I wanted, you know, all the years I'd worked for and gotten these great positions, 
And then I didn't step off a curb, but I said, God, whatever you call me to next, please, it's got to be something that I can't do without you. Yeah. You know, it can't be something so easy that I could do it. And then I'm not a hundred percent sure if you're the one who's in it. And so mm-hmm. for me going to Liberia, doing what we're doing now is definitely something I can't do without God. When you guys stepped out to go to, to live and, and, and serve in Jerusalem, did you feel like that was, I don't know, was that part of stepping off the curb and going, all right, let's see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was, that was the first step, right? That was the first step of stepping off the curb was uh, was to uh, say yes to Israel. You know, a lot of, uh, I'm, I'm sure that your Liberia thing came about in different ways. And, yeah. uh, you know, we started connecting the dots and hearing the voice of God saying, we want you to go, I want you to go to Israel uh, and saying yes to that. I mean, when you're, it's, it's harder to imagine when you're young, you know, you don't realize all the ramifications of moving away from family and what that's going to do. And, mm. and, uh, when you leave a, um, a city, uh, a place where you've grown up, uh, that place still moves on and you, you leave. And when you come mm. back, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's relationships aren't what they were. And it's, you know, there's, there, 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 yeah. there's an impact to making a decision like that. Uh, you know, when we arrived in Israel, uh, it was ba- basically two weeks before Arafat died. And uh, oh, wow, wow. we were we were sitting in this uh, apartment watching uh, all the all the action on CNN. And I turned to Eric. I said, you know, that uh, that's happening 20 kilometers up the road. <laughs> and uh, she, she said, what? And I said, yeah, this is where we are. And, uh, you know, so it was it was interesting. So we arrived there during the during an intifada and and intifada ended with uh, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, with Arafat's death. And, um, you know, we were up for adventure and we had one little child, you know, as at the point where yeah. we took him wherever we went, he came with us and, uh, you know, but then every time you make a decision like having a baby in Israel and taking a risk mm. to uh, uh, worship nights and nightclubs, uh, these, all these things, you know, are risks yeah. that uh, wouldn't have happened without that first risk, uh, which didn't feel like a risk at all, really. It was just a, uh, we're just going to step See, off. The I like that. I love what you said. You know, it, it didn't even feel like a risk. Yeah. But, but, but it was a risk, you know, and a lot of people, when they come on my tours to Israel, they're like, oh, I could just live here. I said, no, you can live in a hotel where they make you breakfast and dinner and they make your bed and change your sheets. That's different. I mean, going there to live, that really is getting off your ash. That is willing to say it's comfortable here. I know it. I know the healthcare system. I know the language. I know the culture. This maybe I'm not going to be whatever, but at least I know where I am. I'm sitting here and I'm comfortable. Yeah. And then getting off of that and, and, and leaving behind what's comfortable and said, I'm going to exchange it for the unknown. I'm going to exchange it for uncertainty, you know, my safety, my health, all of that. But what if he hadn't done that? Like, what, where's the path from there if he hadn't done that? Yeah, I, I you know, I don't know. Uh, I think that um, it's, it, it's, just like you, I don't want to look back in my life and say that I somehow was responsible for the success at all. I want to look back mm-hmm. and say I was I was obedient to the Lord, and uh, I was I was able to follow Him where He called me. Now the Lord is sovereign, 
And so he calls some of us to be dentists and some of us to, to uh, ministers in mm -hmm. different contexts. Uh, all of us are called to minister. Some of us are called to minister in lawyers' offices and uh, as mailmen and uh, you know, so, so on. Mm -hmm. Some of us are called to work in, in, in churches. Some of us are called to uh, work overseas. Um, and, you know, had, had we not made that decision, uh, you know, I don't know, I, I think maybe the Lord would have brought another opportunity for me to say yes to him. Um, but, uh, yeah. um, you know, it, it's, we kind of, we kind of fell into it from moment to moment, um, where, you know, we, we stepped off the curb, we said yes to the Lord then. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then we found ourselves, um, you know, we were working sort of two jobs at the same time, and both of them came to an end at the same mm -hmm. time. We just bought our first house, and uh, we thought, <laughs> what are we going to do? You know, yeah. what, what are we going to do? Yeah. And uh, and it was just at the right moment, as it always is, uh, mm -hmm. that the, the Lord gave us an opportunity to um, uh, to go to Israel. And, uh, you know, I think that I mm -hmm. was uh, far too... Um, um, you know, unaware, <laughs> like yeah. for Erica, for her, it was the bigger move, right? Cause she's, she spent her Always. life, uh, yeah. you know, uh, living in Canada. And, uh, I had already had that, not only the international exposure, but I had Israel exposure, you know, I was going mm -hmm. back to mm -hmm. my, you know, my school friends as a kid. And, you know, there were, there were certain things I was connecting to. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, had we not, uh, had we not done it, I, I would say that I think the Lord would uh, would persist and keep on knocking uh, at our door and say, continue on. Yeah. I, I, I do not want to imagine a, a world where uh, mm. where I say no to God. Um, yeah. And uh, in my case. Yeah, but I'm a lot not. of people do, though, right, Jess? A lot of people do say no because it, it's uncomfortable sometimes to say yes because you don't have all your ducks in a row and, you know, all your Excel sheets in an order not everybody says yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, uh, and I can understand that. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I've had times where I've said, I don't think the Lord's going to show up. Uh, the Lord's not going to provide and so on. Um, but I think mm -hmm. that we, you know, because we made an agreement with him early on in life, he, uh, he took that way more seriously than we did. And, uh, and he was faithful, you know, to us, uh, despite our, ups and downs mm -hmm. and uh, uh our our seasons of taking things into our own hands i'll tell you a funny story I, yeah <laughs> it was uh, we were trying to um, we, were, we were in israel and we didn't have a car and you don't need a car when you're living in jerusalem yeah. you don't really need a car you can get around pretty much anywhere mm -hmm. but you know, our family was growing and uh you know we were we, we needed a car and so we spent a solid month uh, looking for cars, uh, trying to figure out a, a way to do it through an NGO, through the churches, you know, somehow mm -hmm. we needed to get a car and, you know, cars are, there's a hundred percent tax on cars in Israel, uh, because yeah. they're, they're funding <laughs> a full-time military. So it's, uh, it's not cheap. It's you buy, it's one car for the price of two. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we just didn't have a car. And so finally, after a month of trying in our own strength to get a car, uh, I, I said to Erica, I said, maybe we should pray about it. And she said, yeah, yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> so we yeah, had a quick, a quick 20 second prayer, Lord, we need a car. Amen. And, uh, you know what happened? We, uh, hmm. that night, uh, that night after leading worship, I was, uh, uh, approached by one of our young adults who said, Jess, do you need a car? And I said, yeah, why do you ask? So, well, <laughs> I, I just got a car given to me by my work. So I have two cars now. 
And uh, no I prayed, I prayed to the Lord. I said, Lord, what should, who should I give this car to? What should I do with it? And I heard him <laughs> say, give it to Jess and Erica. Wow. <laughs> you know, so, I hey, mean, this that was, prayer thing. Has anybody else discovered this? <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was insane. It was just uh, amazing. So, you know, look, we, we've, uh, We've had lots of uh, lots of times where we have said no, where we have doubted, where we've said, God, you're not going to show up, where we've tried to do things in our own strength. Uh, even yeah. when we pray, it's not uh, uh, flowery or, or, or full of faith, really. We're just asking mm-hmm. God to help us. And he shows up time and time again. Uh, he has shown up. And, uh, you know, so I... I yeah. All that to say is I understand if people say no uh, to the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I also understand that he's more faithful than we are. And eventually he will, yeah. he'll keep on softening mm-hmm. your heart and, yeah. and, uh, and he'll say yes. Okay. Now I'm not going to ask you for a specific, but like, I- I've been very honest about, about my failures in the past because I'm, I'm more than willing to try something and f- and fail spectacularly with fireworks because at least if I try something and I say, Oh, I'm awful at that. I'm never going to do that again. You know, without giving specifics, have you ever launched out or tried something, gotten off that ash, did something and it went, Oh boy, that didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think pretty much uh, in, in everything I do, there's lots of, lots of failure. You know, my dad told me the very same thing you just said. He said, look, Jess, mm. if you fail, fail big. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, make it like that. make a big mess of things. And, uh, you know, because if you're, if you don't try, if you spend yeah. your life being risk averse, uh, then you're not going to accomplish anything. You know, our kids are, um, I had this moment when, with my, when mm. my kids were young, uh, my kids right now are, you know, some of the best snowboarders in Canada and, yeah. uh, they're, they're com- competing, they're on the tour and all that. Uh, but before they were these snowboarders, they were just kids, little kids. <laughs> and uh, there was this big 75 foot pine in our backyard and, uh, and they couldn't reach the bottom branch. And they asked me if I could help them up to the bottom branch. And I had this decision before me, either uh, I'm going to um, uh, let them climb up that tree and I'll help them up, or I'm not going to help them up. And if I don't help them up, um, then they'll, they won't learn uh, the, the, the beauty of taking risks. Basically Mm -hmm. I saw it like this, you know, if, if I help them up, they, they, they could change the world. If I don't help them up, they'll never change the world (laughs) because Mm. you have to take risks. You have to say, I'm willing to give it a shot. And, um, yeah, so yeah, I, for sure. I mean, I have, uh, Mm. uh, I have definitely had moments of, of failure where I've, I've stepped out to try things that uh, haven't been a fit, uh, where I have, uh, uh, not been good. And, uh, uh, and, you know, I, I'd see it more like this, that the Lord, uh, you know, I think if you, if you feel like you're at least being faithful to what God is leading you to do, that he uses mm-hmm. that to, uh, to train you, uh, 100%. to train you for what he has next. And I, and I believe that, you know, you and your life, Joe, you were, you, you were trained and fashioned for Liberia. I mean, this, uh, Liberia Mm -hmm. is the thing you're doing and uh, there will be other things that you do in this life. And there'll be other things that you do in the life to come. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and, and this, what we're going through right now is, is training for, for that. Yeah. Well, the way I put it in the book is, you know, our life is like, uh, it's like a recipe, you know, and and when you eat something, you don't realize how much has gone into that, like all the ingredients that have gotten into that to give it that flavor and that taste. So who Jess is today, who Joe is today, 
it's a result of every experience, right? The good stuff, the bad stuff, the victories, the, the failures, the, the joy, the sadness. Yeah. Yeah. But we wouldn't be who we are yeah. without those experiences, you know? Right. So let me, well, first of all, thanks for, for being vulnerable. I know, you know, not everybody can, can do that. And it was kind of on the spot. So thanks for, for saying yes to that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, if there's somebody out there who's listening to this, you know, they might be on a bus or on a train somewhere, have their headphones in, listening to this podcast. They just kind of stumbled on because they were going through a rough time. And so they're just searching podcasts for encouragement or for risk and all that kind of stuff. Or, or they're same on YouTube. They're watching this on there and they're doing the same search and they land on this interview. And now it comes to the end. And so here's these two guys they've never heard of, they've never seen, but they're talking about, you know, risking and, you know, failure and, and successes. If somebody's thinking about trying something that they really have wanted to do, or they really have a sense, I think I'm supposed to do this, but I'm afraid because, oh, my mom's going to judge me or my, my husband or wife is going to, you know, think I'm crazy to do this. What would you say to somebody who is considering, you know, getting off that ash, taking that risk, but there's, there's fear. Yeah. Or insecurity holding them back. What would you say based on how you've made decisions in your life, Jess? Well, yeah, I, I would. You know, ultimately, the you know the you want to go for go for things. You know, you want to send it. You want to mm. uh, you know my kids jump off these massive jumps that uh, <laughs> and they fly a hundred feet, and you and you just don't want to look because you know that if they <laughs> the mistake, it's uh, it's a broken yeah. body. And, uh, you know, you get to this decision, it's really at the beginning where you have to just decide I'm going to do this. And, uh, and, uh, cause if you don't, if you go too slowly, you're definitely going to crash. If you, uh, if you balk mm -hmm. at the last second, you're not, you're also going to get in trouble. Uh, you good. just have to point it and send it. Uh, <clears throat> you know, in terms of, I can talk about it from a faith perspective, at least from my perspective that, um, you know, when I make decisions, uh, it's, it's my wife and I always make decisions together. We always have mm -hmm. to uh, like, so if one of you is feeling, <laughs> feeling the need to send it and the other is not, uh, mm -hmm. you, know, you got to trust that the Lord will speak to you both. Uh, so that, uh, mm -hmm. uh, so that you're in it together. Otherwise it's, it's not going to be a, a healthy situation. Um, but, um, you know, I, I always, if I get the hunch that it could be the Lord, we, you know, we pray about it, we talk about it together. If we both come to, uh, uh, to a yes, uh, then we, uh, then we step out and, um, mm -hmm. and we go for it. Uh, so if you're, if you're listening today, you know, like there, there should be some filters uh, through which you uh, mm -hmm. understand your, um, uh, your calling. Not everyone's going to understand it. I mean, if you're married, you should, uh, you and your spouse should go together for sure. And do what you're doing together. Um, uh, but besides that, you, uh, you really uh, are responsible to the Lord. Uh, you're responsible to one another and to your family. And, um, and if you have this, this hunch, this feeling like, uh, like you're being uh, pushed in a direction that might be uncomfortable, mm. um, you know, when I look back on the few risks I've taken uh, in my life, I have seen uh, the fingerprint of God. I have seen yeah. uh, his, his faithfulness. Um, I, I see that he has always provided exactly what we need when it, exactly when we needed it. And, uh, and he has never let us down. Uh, and, and that's, that's amazing, you know, so you're not going alone. When you go with, the, go with God, you're not mm -hmm. going, um, you're really just helping him out. It's like, uh, it's like, 
you're just one of God's water boys. Uh, God says, this place <laughs> needs water. We need you to bring water. There's nothing fancy. Yeah. You're not all that special. You're just a water boy. You're just bringing water. And, uh, <laughs> and he will provide you the water. He'll provide you, you know, everything you need to get the water from point A to point B. And, um, uh, you know, that's, yeah. that's pretty much all it takes uh, is to say, to say a step off the curb. It's <laughs> just simply say, okay, I will mm-hmm. do it. I don't know how it's going to end up. I had no idea when we when we did that that prayer on, on Queen Street that yeah. it would end up the way it ended up. I had no plans of going to Israel. Um, we had no idea what we were doing with our life. It was a genuine question. What are we going to do? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, that one little step of saying yes to God uh, worked its way uh, through, uh, the, uh, through our story. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so... I would say go I'm for glad it. You said yes. <laughs> yeah, I would say go for it. Say yes. Don't be afraid. But uh, so long as you're doing it, uh, uh, you know, as Ooh. the Lord leads you, then it's uh, really it's it's on Him. Uh, the success or the failure is on Him. Uh, I'll to finish with one little story. Uh, my sure. uh, uh, my great grandfather. Uh, it was a, a set of of four. So there are four brothers, and uh, they were in the steam threshing business, and in 1913 they went to uh, one of the brothers was in winnipeg on a uh, business trip and he uh, uh they weren't believers at all so he was he was drunk at the bar went back to his hotel room and this was one year after they started putting gideon's bibles in hotels oh, okay and he opens up the uh, gideon bible and it opens up to isaiah 53 uh reads it encounters god and uh, goes back and leads his uh, three brothers to the Lord. Um, mm, wow. And then all those four brothers, of those four brothers, they all ended up, you know, going from businessmen to becoming church planters. And uh, my great-grandfather ended up church planting in a little town in Saskatchewan uh, called Ceylon, uh-huh. Saskatchewan. And uh, he, he led, you know, meetings in his town and other towns around and basically left after two years feeling like he had failed. No one really came to the Lord except for one kid. Okay. That, one, that, that one kid ended up being John Wesley White, the, the oh. uh, sermon writer for, um, uh, <laughs> for Billy Graham. So, uh, yeah. you know, and that's, a one of the, that's an out of this world uh, t- sort of yeah. story. But um, the reality is, too, is that sometimes you might feel like you failed. Uh, but if you've been obedient to what you feel the Lord has led you to do, yeah, that's good. It's really the, the success or the failures on him, you know? So, uh, I think that all you're called to do is to faithfully say yes. Dude, I love that. I mean, that really shows that it's more important to obey, even if you don't have, you know, a detailed, you know, job description and, you know, a to-do list of, you know, but just say, Lord, I, I'm just, I'm really feeling this. I'm going to step out and I'm going to do it. And we never know the effects of our actions. Sometimes they're negative, but most of the times they're, they're good. So it sounds like you and your wife, you've learned to say yes and to get off your ash, right? Oh yeah. We've, we've gone off our ash several times. (laughs) (laughs) Every, every time the Lord, uh, the Lord is faithful. So we're, we, uh, that doesn't mean it's been easy, uh, but uh, it does mean that the Lord has been faithful. Listen, if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? People say, oh, Jess, you pastored in Jerusalem. Oh, Joe, you've traveled this and done that. Well, we didn't do it by sitting at home, you know, playing Xbox. We had to say yes. We had to take a chance and, you know, be willing to fail and be embarrassed publicly because we've both done very public things. 
But at the end of the day, I don't know who I would be if I hadn't said yes to all of these amazing adventures. Yeah. I wouldn't have met you That's sitting it. in your home, having a meal well, together in Jerusalem, dude. That's, that's where right. it started. Yeah. Yeah. Great adventures and always, you know, lots of fun. Uh, and, and, and I'm convinced that the Lord wants you to do what makes you tick. You know, yeah. if you, if you love doing, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, adventures, you're not going to be, uh, living life of, uh, you have no adventure. <laughs> He's going to call you yeah, to yeah. adventure. He's going to call you to do things that make you tick, that may make, make yeah. you excited, that make you, uh, you know, want to wake up every morning, happy to do what you're doing. Right on, man. Well, Jess, thank you so much, brother, for being open and just sharing your heart. And I'm hoping that anybody who's been watching this, who's been listening to this today, you know, these two, I'm going to say it, these two nobodies, this these two guys from Canada who have said yes to God. And, you know, like you said, we're, the, we're just the water boys, you know, mm -hmm. we've just been able to go. And I'm hoping that anybody who's listened or watched this today, who's been kind of on that fence, they have their foot on their curb and they're like, do I step off, you know? And they're looking at that pile of ash going, oh, there's money there, there's comfort, there's familiarity, that they would just, you know, have that, that holy boldness today. So, you know what, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes to God, and I'm going to trust him, I'm going to jump. And like you said, those snowboarders, they got a decision to make right at the top of that hill. Yep. They can't cop out halfway. They got to go, right? Go big or go home. That's the only way. That's it. Yeah, yeah. They have, they have to. Uh, their life is on the line if they don't. And uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. They could not start at all. They could, like you said, they could stay on their ash, but uh, uh, yeah, they, they, they jump off and they say yes. So, well, like I said, I'm so glad you said yes. And thanks for being on with me today, Jess. And I, I know without any shadow of a doubt, there's people who are being blessed by this today. People who've been kind of teetering, didn't know which way to go one way or the other. And hopefully something that we said today was going to push them over that edge in a good way. And they're going to launch out and try something new and exciting. So awesome. thanks so much, buddy. And I look forward to the time when we can, you know, have a coffee again in person. All right. That'd be great in Israel. We'll do that. It'll be great. All right. <laughs> Bye, on, on, well, the coffee probably is a little bit better in Israel. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Maybe at Aroma in Tel Aviv on Gordon Beach. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Let's do it. All right. Well, All right, Joe. Happen. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as, as much as I did. Uh, I'll never forget meeting Jess for the first time in Jerusalem. I, I don't even know how many years ago. It's got to be probably, I don't know, 14, 15 years ago. They were a young married couple with, with one kid. And I remember thinking, wow, I mean, look, they're here. They're in Israel. People talking about taking risks. They talk about doing stuff, but they've actually done it. I didn't know it all that time ago, but they got off their ash. They left the comfort. They left the security. It didn't matter what people thought about them. What are you doing? You can stay here and make a life for yourself. But they, they decided to say yes to God. They decided to, to, you know, to say yes to that, that genuine you know, feeling they had in their hearts. And so I'm hoping that you've been encouraged today as you've watched or as you've listened along. And you know, the goal is to help you too you know, get off your ash. It's not just a fun thing to say. It's, it's, it's a mantra. It's a motto of my life. May I always be willing to be uncomfortable. May I never get to a place where, you know, oh, this is so good. This is so secure. I finally got my little nest egg. I got it all set up and I'm never going to change, man. May I never get to that point. May I always be willing to say yes, to, to launch out, to, 
to fail, to succeed, to whatever it is, but to live a life with no regrets. And then when I get to the end of my days, you know, I might look back and say, oh man, remember that crazy harebrained idea we had to do A, B, or C, you know, with a smile on my face, you know, and the failure in my memory, you know, I think I can look back on that as a good thing. And so I'm hoping today that you've been encouraged to say yes to that dream, that little, that itching, that, that, just that, that nudge that you have felt in, in your heart, that you'll be willing to say, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna do it. And, you know, for some of us, that pile of ash is filled with so much insecurity because, you know, oh, if people knew what happened to me, or if people knew what I had done and, you know, the failures that I've had to go through and all the negative things I've had to go through and whatever, you know, what, what are they going to say? Me, I'm going to start a podcast. You know, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And if we spend all of our time worrying about what people think about us and what they're going to say, listen, they're going to talk anyways, whether you do it or not, they're going to, they're going to talk. So, so do it, do it, try it, fail, succeed, shine, whatever it is, just, you know, get to that place where doing that thing becomes more important than caring what other people are going to say or, or think about you. So, uh, so that, that's the message of the podcast in general. But today is here, here are these two guys from Canada who ended up working in different parts of the world and had such a great experience. And Jess or I, we're never going to fully really understand the effects and the fruits of our work. Maybe it's, you know, not in this lifetime, but, you know, hopefully on the other side, we're going to find out. Hey, when you said yes to that, Jess, when you went to Jerusalem and you were doing worship in those clubs, look at all these people who are here today because of you. You know, Joe, because you said yes and you went to Liberia, you know, you went to Africa and you started doing what you did. Look at all these people. They're here because of you. My prayer is that you would have that same experience, that you would say yes to that thing that you sense you're supposed to do, that you would do it. You would give it everything you got, man. Just go for it and enjoy it, enjoy every moment. And hopefully you'll see some of the fruit here on this side. But if not, don't worry, we don't know the effect that our decisions can have in and on the lives of other people. And so I'm, I want to encourage you to, to get off that pile of ash to get over that thing that has been holding you back. Don't be the dock. Don't be the boat. Sorry, that's that's tethered to that dock, you know, don't, you're going to rev your engine and you're going to blow everything out because you're never going to be able to go unless you can unhook from that negativity, unhook from that, from those thoughts, from those words that people spoke over you when you were younger, get to the place where you say, I'm, I'm just going to go out there untether, pull up that anchor and go get out there and do your thing. All right. I could keep saying the same thing over and over again, 20 different ways, but I'm going to sign off. I'm going to say thank you so much for, for listening, for watching. And in the outro here, I'm going to tell you how you can get a copy of Get Off Your Ash. And if you say, oh man, we love this at our men's group. We love this at our church or at our event. Just find out through the outro. You're going to get the information to the website on how you can uh, get to me. And I would love to meet you uh, somewhere out there on the road. And we'll get off our ash together. We'll stay off and we're going to change the world. Guys, thanks so much for being here. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining us on today's podcast. We hope you found it informative and encouraging. For more information about Get Off Your Ash or to order the book, you can visit www.getoffyourash.today or just search it out on Amazon. Amazon.